Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, listeners. Today we have a treat for you. Our guest, Senya has given our listeners 30% off the first three months of Planable using the coupon SiteVisibility30. That's SiteVisibility30. All you need to do is enter that during the checkout process. Thanks, Planable. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and with me today is Zania Munten, CEO and co-founder of Clannable, and we're going to be talking about how to build effective social media teams. Welcome to the podcast, Zania. Thank you so much for having me here, Scott. I really appreciate it. No problem. So would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners and note a little more on what you do at Clannable? Yeah, 100%. So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Planable, which is a content review and marketing collaboration platform. So we're working with uh, brands such as Jaguar, Land Rover, Hyundai, United Nations, Siemens, uh, to help them streamline the way they create and collaborate on content. And before Planable, I was also in the advertising world. I had a small social media marketing agency. And building, running, managing that agency, that's where I discovered the problem that we're currently solving with, uh, with Planable. I really hated <laughs> working in PowerPoints and spreadsheets on content. And yeah, I started Planable to solve this problem. And how long ago was it that you started Planable now? Yeah, I uh, co-founded the company uh, together with, uh, with my partners, Vlad and Nick, about five years ago. So, yeah, but we've been on the market with the product for about two to three years, not more than that. You mentioned that you've been in advertising before. You also are a podcast host yourself, a writer, former graphic designer, copywriter, (laughs) account manager. So you've, you've definitely had a number of roles and a diverse number of roles in this marketing and creative space. I think that prepared me well for being a CEO, you know, wearing a lot of hats. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's interesting, actually. And it's a good starting point for our podcast because You've been there. You've had to build social teams yourself. You've been a part of that creative team yourself. And that was my opening question is, I want to go into the trends that you see now as a CEO and running a social media SaaS company. I don't know if that's how you describe it, but that's kind of how I see the product. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm interested to know your environments that you've been in that have been really beneficial to you in your career and that you think get the most out of you as a social media marketer and get the most out of social media teams that you've been in. Can you describe those environments, those successful social media environments that you've been in? Yeah, 100%. So 
I have gone through a few environments. I have built a digital marketing team in an agency when I, when I launched and started my own agency and then uh, built a marketing team here at Planable. And then I've seen a lot of our own clients building their own teams and, uh, and optimizing and growing those teams. And recently, we also did a study on how companies in 2020 have grown their social media teams. And we made a top of 100 companies that have really invested in 2020 uh, in their teams against all odds, considering the pandemic. Uh, so I, I've seen it from different angles. Back in my agency days, I think the social media world was was very different from how it is today. Uh, it wasn't social media wasn't that strategical as it is today. It wasn't as important of a part of the entire marketing mix. So it was really about you know posting and getting you know things, promoting things, you know putting them out there online. But it, it wasn't as uh, intentional and as strategical as, as it is today. Uh, so really back then when you were looking at growing uh, a team, it was really about copywriting skills. That was really important. Creativity and, you know, bonus points if someone could use the, you know, Canva and, uh, and potentially Photoshop a little bit, something like that, mm. so that they can do some some design or some uh, some templates for, for social media. Now I think it's more and more about how can you tie how can you prove the ROI of social media and how can you tie mm. the efforts uh, on social media to the business goals, to the general you know, revenue, sales, branding, uh, employer branding, what, whatever those goals are, how can you tie social media to that? And I think, you know, social media has become more and more like, almost like um, it serves a lot of the stakeholders inside the company. So it, it, it has become this, Kind of like an agency in a way, meaning that a lot of the other departments in an organization come to social media teams to get something communicated uh, out there. So they need to think about the different needs of different departments, such as, you know, what does HR want uh, in terms of reflecting their image on social media? What, you know, what are the goals of sales? What are the goals of marketing and so on? So I think it has become more integrated into the organizations and definitely more strategical. That's really interesting to think about that development over social media. And I think that what fascinates me maybe is the measurement side of things. So it sounds like as you're talking that perhaps how social media success is defined has also changed or developed over that period of time. So perhaps there is more of a a focus on, you mentioned return on investment at this point in time, whereas maybe five, 10 years ago, it was more experimentation. There was less of a pressure or focused on return on investment. Is that fair? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a long-term game a couple of years ago. It was, and and you could see that by the metrics uh, we were tracking back, back then, like likes and comments and shares and, you know, vanity metrics that were instant, you know, instant gratification and instant metrics. That was, you know, what we were looking at, probably the biggest long-term type of metric that we were following was um, um, how many followers you had for your page. That was the only one that, you know, was a a bit more long-term compared to the others. So I think, you know, if you look at the metrics we were analyzing, you could see that we weren't really playing for the long run. Uh, it was really about, you know, this particular post, how well it is performing. 
And we weren't thinking about how the entire social media presence is performing and how that impacts in the end other business metrics. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm sure we'll break that down a little bit further in a moment as we start to talk about other social media teams that you support at Planable and others that you've been involved with. But I was before we get into that, I was really interested. I was thinking about this episode and thinking as a social media SaaS platform, I wanted to know if you felt any extra pressure to be super creative via <laughs> social media. Was that ever a part of the plan? Did you ever feel that pressure or want to be more creative because of your role in social media? A hundred percent. And that was such a big struggle, to be honest, mm. because the way we were bringing customers initially wasn't really through social media. It was inbound marketing, but it was more about our blog, about SEO, direct outreach sometimes. So social media wasn't really something that we proved to be bringing customers uh, directly. And we also needed short-term results because we were, you know, we were trying to prove the business. We we're trying to prove that the product is something people need them and love. So uh, social media being a longer-term game, uh, we weren't really focusing on it that much. We were really, actually, we didn't have an Instagram page until recently. <laughs> and uh, we started doing a lot more social media just because we realized that, you know, being in this space, uh, it's a bit embarrassing <laughs> not to have a presence on social media, not to have content. So we started doing it, you know, just because we felt that we needed considering the space we were in, but we were doing it very, you know, light touch. Um, mm. And then in time, we started seeing, you know, a lot more engagement from people and we're starting to see, you know, that it's actually, it actually drives results. It, it started to drive traffic. We started to see, you know, people interacting with our content. We started to build relationships with those audiences on different platforms. So we started to invest a little bit more on, on, on social media. And just, I think, half an hour before we started, you know, recording this podcast, something <laughs> amazing uh, happened uh, on social media for us. I think it, it's the first time we have created something for social media that has actually gone you know, viral in our industry. I wouldn't say like viral in general, that's, you know, a big word, but semi-viral in our small niche. We have created a lot of content around this top, around social media teams. And someone else shared it uh, in one of the, in a Facebook group dedicated for social media professionals. And overnight it got like 600 likes and a hundred comments or something like that. And people started sharing it on Twitter. So realize that, you know, creating content is one thing, but then you have to find ways of creating bits, snackable bits out of that big content piece and find creative ways of putting it online so that people can pick it up. And the way that person shared the top was through this, you know, idea that, you know, here's, you know, this big companies that are hiring, you know, like Amazon and, and Microsoft and they're hiring heavily on social media. So of course they're, you know, they have a lot of success. But I have smaller clients that are not ready to invest on social media, but they want to go viral as Amazon and Microsoft are. So that was an interesting, you know, angle that they approached the piece of content that we have created, a, a bit more controversial that we didn't think about. Um, mm. So you really need to find, you know, very ingenious ways of putting your content out there on social media. And it might, you know, it, it, if it resonates with your audience, it might get picked up. 
we'll talk about Social 100 maybe towards the end of this episode. But number one, congratulations. It's brought a smile to my face hearing that story. It's always <laughs> Thank you. Um, amazing with social media when you put something out there into the world. And as you said, maybe someone else promotes it or looks at that thing in a way different to how you've looked at it previously and that is one of the beautiful things about social media but that's also something that's also something very specific about the top 100 that you've produced it's it's data-led and so data when you present data in that way it gives room for people to interpret it in a number of different ways exactly so so in a way that it kind of builds marketing into the into the product that you're sending out or into the content that you're sending out to the world yeah i think that's a a great piece of advice and again we'll get back to that social 100 in a moment as well that's brilliant so you mentioned at the beginning there you work with around five thousand companies i'm going to read out some of the names of the companies because they're amazing brands i've got them in front of me jaguar land rover c United Nations. And when you work with that number of companies and you work with big corporations, in fact, even just the diversity of companies that you work with, you start to spot the trends in what makes social teams successful. And of course, that's what you've put into that that work on the Social 100 as well. So I'm just curious to know, and this could be over a period of time or just as you see it today, but are there any trends that you see that make social media teams successful? Any commonalities between them all? Yeah, I think from our own perspective, we worked a lot with, uh, with teams and, and some of the companies that you mentioned to help them be more efficient and more productive. Mm-hmm. So from our own point of view, the teams that really focus on teamwork and time management and the teams that are really flexible and that have those organizational skills built in, the teams that are really collaborative, those are the ones that succeed the most. Uh, we obviously, you know, see those skills through our own filter because that's, you know, what we help with. But I think if the teams really focus on collaboration, on, on teamwork, I think that is extremely crucial nowadays, uh, just because if there is an efficient teamwork, if people really collaborate, you might get better and brighter ideas. That's first of all, you know, your content might be of a better quality. And then the second is that you might avoid uh, mistakes or gaps. We've seen so many social media posts go wrong on, on Twitter, on, on, on Instagram, on other platforms. Posts that have, you know, I, I fail to see how they could have been published if more people would have, <laughs> would have taken a look at them. So I think, you know, it's extremely important to have multiple points of view involved in the process of creating content for social some kind of uh, approval process that is put in place. It might be a very light touch approval process, just someone reviewing content, or it might be a more sophisticated one where, you know, depending on the industry, you actually might need to go to go through multiple levels of approval. For example, if you're in a regulated industry and you need, uh, you know, compliance and legal to take a look at your posts before they go live, such as, you know, the pharma industry, tobacco, alcohol, those those industries usually need to have more people involved in the process. So if you build a team that is, you know, for teamwork and for collaboration, I think that is going to create in the end a better quality for your content. So to summarize what I'm hearing is that you very much see the companies that focus on teamwork or culture first brings about the best of a social media team. Is that fair? A hundred percent. And you got to have the base, you got to have the fundamentals, right? I mean, uh, people need to be talented. 
uh, you know, all those hard skills, right? You know, copywriting and creativity and strategy and data and analytics and all of those things, obviously they need to be there, but I think, you know, those are the default. So I usually focus on the, on the soft skills, like what makes the chemistry of a team, what makes it tick, what makes it work really. And I think, you know, the teams that are flexible, that are collaborative, that love to exchange feedback, not just, you know, do it because that's the process, because that's the policy, but the teams that really love to talk between each other to exchange opinions, to ask for feedback, and those teams that know how to give feedback, because that's a skill as well, to know <laughs> how to give feedback. Those teams that are flexible in that regard, and those teams that are really you know, focused on how can we be, okay, we're collaborative, but how can we also be more productive? How can we optimize the workflow and the processes that we have currently in place? Like where, where do we lose the most time. I'm a productivity geek myself. So, you know, always I'm looking at our teams at Planable, our marketing teams, our operational teams, our engineering teams. And I'm always trying to find what are the bottlenecks? Like, how can we move faster? How can we get to market faster in terms of new features, in terms of content pieces? And what's currently stopping us from doing that? And you always find some some small bottlenecks. And if you do this exercise from time to time, you're going to find different bottlenecks from time to time because your team evolves. A lot of things change. Your processes change. But it's really important to just ask yourself. It's not the most sexy question in the world. How can we improve our uh, operations? And especially for marketers that are you know, really focused on creativity. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard question to go through, but I think it's an important one. Yeah, that's interesting. And it's helped me reframe a question that I was going to ask you anyway. So yeah. I was thinking about, I've seen some of your content and this really leads into what Planable is all about, but I was going to ask you, what are some of the things that frustrate social media marketers and really stifle success and creativity? And you talked about process and bottlenecks there. But one way that I thought to reframe that question is mm. what makes social media less fun for the people that are out there doing it? <laughs> because I think if you, because like, like you just said, social media marketers are generally want to, want to be creative, want to express themselves, whether they know it or not, they probably don't want those bottlenecks to be there or they yeah. don't realize how much they're impacting them. So yeah, I'm curious to know for social media marketers, what have you seen in your experience that really slows the process and, and takes the enjoyment out of social media? What are some of the things for people to look out for? Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many of them. <laughs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> I think nobody likes approvals and an approval process. Mm. Nobody likes to... Uh, wait for people to review content. I haven't heard, I haven't heard any marketers say that, you know, my favorite part of my day is getting approvals and, and feedback from clients or from stakeholders. Nobody enjoys that. And I think nobody enjoys that because it's usually a very clunky and troublesome and just unenjoyable process. Uh, it has steps and policies and it, it's, yeah, it's it's hard. It's a it's a difficult process. Also, I don't think a lot of social media marketers enjoy just planning content and spreadsheets. I for sure didn't enjoy it back then. I think you know planning editorial calendars and content and spreadsheets is uh, it sucks because it's mm. really it's it's not an environment that is designed 
for visual content in mind. So you have you plan all your content. There's no way to actually preview how your content is going to look like. And then you have to do a lot of copy pasting from from that spreadsheet to some scheduling tool that you use or to the native platforms to to schedule or, or publish the content in the end. So it's a lot of bureaucratic, tedious steps that go into the process of of creating and planning content. So I think the work the entire workflow has a lot of those types of steps, like uh, the the spreadsheet itself, then you know, uh, organizing your assets and your media is also something that you know no one likes to do. Trying to find an image in a in a drive folder is <laughs> a pain sometimes. I've, I've read somewhere that there was a report on how much professionals and how much marketers waste on uh, how much time is wasted on finding files and finding assets. <laughs> and I've heard that it was something around like one hour a day that people lose in terms of trying to find information. That's how isolated teams usually are. That was a report about silos and enterprises. That's, you know, just trying to find stuff is also something that people don't uh, don't really enjoy. And yeah, you know, just, I think, you know, those small steps, like the copy pasting, the finding information, organizing them in a spreadsheet, the entire back and forth that happens when you're discussing content, when you're coordinating what content needs to be put out, out there on social media, waiting for approvals, waiting for someone else to review it. Those are not fun things. But, but at the same time, I do think those things are useful. Getting feedback and having a, a fail-safe mechanism, like an approval process or a review process in place so that things you know, don't go wrong on social media and you don't post the, the wrong thing. You know, I think an additional pair of eyes is, is useful. Um, so the question is, how do you do all those things without going crazy and without being bored to death? And I think the answer is you you, you got to find a way to make it as simple as possible. Uh, and there is no secret sauce for how a process or a workflow in terms of building content for social media needs to look like because teams are so different. It really depends on how small your team is, how big it is, what kind of uh, steps do you have in place? How many people are creating content? How many people are reviewing it? So it really varies, but you got to find the simplest way that brings everyone involved on the same page and that makes, I wouldn't say enjoyable, but at least, you know, doable, you know, survivable, that makes the entire process acceptable. Um, mm. I, I think that's, you know, that's the question, the big one. And I think that's where we should insert an ad for Planable because it's the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect summary of kind of all of the problems that Planable is there to solve. And I mean, really of course, works. of course, yeah. yes, of course, yes, but not just, yes, of course, I would recommend Planable. I'm, I'm biased, <laughs> but it, it might be something simpler. You know, it might be potentially, you know, other generic tools. Like you might find a way to make it work with, with Notion or with Airtable where, you know, alternatives to, to spreadsheets. Maybe you can actually make it work with the spreadsheet, but the idea is simplify. How can you simplify it and connect it, make it united so that there is no, that the entire process is not fragmented. I, th I feel like that's the main issue that currently it's fragmented. You plan it in a spreadsheet, but then you discuss it over email or Slack and then you keep your files somewhere else, like in a drive or Dropbox folder. So how can you bring 
your entire content and everyone evolved in the same place and not have this disconnect between steps. And you might achieve that with Planable. You will certainly achieve that with Planable, but then you might achieve it with, you know, other tools. And the idea is to have that willingness to streamline. Excellent. And interesting, you touched on a topic that I wanted to go into as well. You talked a lot about unity there, about you being unified as a team. You talked a lot about teamwork and collaboration. And my question is quite a broad one and a loaded question, but I think of social media managers out there who are perhaps in big companies and are given the responsibility to manage social media as their own one-person department. And The way I've seen social media develop is that I see it being more beneficial of social media being seen as a way to represent all of the voices in your business. Do you think it's helpful to get lots of your team, regardless of whether they're social media specialists or not, involved in social media? And is that the way you think things are going in larger corporations? I think... There is a degree of involvement that is useful, and then there's a degree of involvement that might be disruptive. I think getting not just the marketing teams, the PR, the brand teams, comms teams involved uh, in a in a light way, in a small way, and the social media efforts of the of the brand of the organization is a hundred percent useful. As I mentioned, you know, earlier, it's a lot about diversity of opinion and more people having an input into the social media space. But where I find it even more useful is having product teams and, and HR teams and sales teams mm-hmm. and commercial teams, legal teams sometimes involved in the process because a, a lot of the times big organizations have those teams that really don't talk that much between each other. And someone, you know, is in charge of developing the product, but then, you know, the message breaks until, you know, it gets from the product team to the social media team. So I think, you know, having those decentralized ways of of talking between each other and and getting input from product teams, getting input uh, from development teams, engineering teams, sales teams. HR teams for employer branding and recruitment and that, that, you know, those types of topics. I think that is extremely helpful because you get to create content that is more relevant and that serves a bigger part of the entire organization. Social media is not just about marketing. It's not just about selling the products. Um, It's not just about revenue. It's also about the brand. It's also about the reputation of the company. It's also about potentially the executive team. You might you know, talk on social media about the CEOs and the CMOs and the stakeholders. It's also about corporate responsibility, CSR initiatives. So it's a lot of things. So I think in order to do that accurately uh, and to communicate the message that really represents all those initiatives from the from inside the brand, I don't think there's any other way than just having those teams take a look add the content that is relevant for them. And yeah, you need to find a, you know, simple way of getting them involved in the process, an easy way, because, you know, otherwise you risk of putting content out there doesn't represent the product or doesn't represent the employer branding strategy or the executive's brand strategy in a, you know, in a relevant uh, or appropriate way. So I think there is merit to that 100%. 
And how does it work at Planable? So you mentioned your co-founders earlier. Could you provide any insight into what it's like behind the scenes at Planable and how you plan out your social content? How do you split that the roles of social media between you all? So I, I recently learned that there's um, there's a term for what we do at Planable in terms of how we structure the company. It's called, there's a book on this, actually. It's called uh, Team of Teams. And uh, it's 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 funny because I, I didn't know there's a framework for this. We were naturally <laughs> just doing this, but apparently there's an entire philosophy on this. And for those out there that haven't read or haven't heard about the book, Team of Teams is, as opposed to the traditional ways of structuring a company where you have the executive team and then each department is, you know, reports to those particular executive. And if you want to talk, if the departments want to talk between each other, they need to go through the executives. But the team of teams is just everyone is interconnected. Everyone has a way of communicating with everyone else in the company. And us as Planable being a very small team or 20 people on, uh, you know, on the team at the moment, it, it just naturally uh, evolved as a team of teams. And I think uh, most modern teams and definitely most startup teams operate in this framework of, of team of teams. You know, everyone is connected to everyone and everyone has a line of communication, a direct line of communication to everyone else in the company. And I think that that's amazing. Someone that is in charge of writing content for our blog can easily, while they're using Planable, spot a bug in the platform and they have a direct way of reporting it to our QA specialist or our quality assurance specialist. And that that's amazing. You know, they don't have to go through me or through our uh, chief technology officer. Um, and in terms of the social media team, in terms of the marketing team, the way we're structured is that, you know, our team is really a growth marketing team. And in the beginning, it was very versatile. So everyone was doing uh, everything. You know, everyone was doing a bit of newsletters, a bit of blog, a bit of social media, a bit of ads. And then in time, across this two or three years since we started marketing our product, the, each professional, each marketer and, and, and the marketing team uh, started to naturally specialize in, in what they were most passionate and, and what they were best at. And now uh, each marketer at Planable has like a ownership on uh, particular directions that are important for uh, for our growth, such as uh, SEO, paid content, and so on. And you know, I think that comes naturally. But I think without even realizing, we approached, we started, we started very well. You know, we started with this idea of everyone has to do everything. And I think if you're an early stage startup, if you're an early stage small business, it is so so important that the people in your company are jack of all trades. I I'm a big fan of that, but then it comes a time when, you know, people need to specialize. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, that's interesting, and it leads me nicely on to a final question about characteristics and kind of skills in this area to build an effective social media team. And I see there and have seen that over the years, there's a lot of crossover between what content marketers try to achieve and what social media marketers try to achieve. And so I'm interested to know from your experience, do you think there's a natural transition there and that content marketers can make good social media marketers and likewise social media marketers can make good content marketers? Do you think those two areas are as closely aligned today as maybe they were a few years ago? Hmm. Uh, That's a good question. I think I honestly see the content managers, I think a content manager needs to know, uh, a content creator, content marketer needs to know social media, but I I see it, they're not necessarily a social media expert. Uh, They Mm -hmm. need to know the basic, they need to know how it works. Content marketer needs to know how every channel out there works, right? Newsletters, because that's where their content is going to be deployed. So I think a content marketer can if they you know want to specialize into social into the social media space they definitely have a path to that because uh, they are supposed to know a little bit of everything in terms of in terms of the channels and uh, also they usually have great copywriting skills which is really necessary for the social media space they know how to manage those uh, platforms out there you know are aware of uh, of how social media works, you know, the relationship, the psychology of uh, of social media. But at the same time, I think, you know, it, it also goes the other way around. A social media person uh, is usually, you know, um, where a social media person lacks in terms of becoming a content marketer is potentially, I think it's, it's easier to go from a content marketer to a social media person, rather from a social media person to a content marketer. It's it's kind of like a social media person would need to widen the range of skills and a, a, a content marketer would need to become more focused on a particular skill that they have. Personally, I think it's easier to go from, you know, from to go from wide to focused rather than the mm-hmm. other way around. That makes sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's just an area I've been thinking about a lot. Actually, this next area that I'm going to talk about and ask you about is an area that I've been thinking a lot about too. So very early on in this conversation, you were talking about how social media has developed and how the role of the social media marketer has developed, perhaps from being more day-to-day, more experimental, more tactical to more longer term and strategic. And I was thinking about that in context of planning, I remember a time where social media planning maybe used to be, it maybe used to look at the month ahead. That was maybe it, or maybe the quarter ahead. It feels to me like the trend that I see now ties in with the point that you made about strategy and that social media teams are maybe looking at the year ahead, thinking about campaigns within that year. Yeah, Is that a a fair observation that I've seen and something you've seen too? 
A hundred percent. I think teams are becoming a bit more agile and, and, and that idea that they're not as responsive and a bit more proactive than they were before. It's less of a, you know, what are we going to post this next week and more of what is this year going to look like on social? Hmm, that's interesting. And uh, again, I was thinking about Planable and the fact that really do you have the content calendar features that really helps to solve that long-term problem as well? Uh, it, it really does. Because uh, you might not plan your entire content at the very granular level for a year in advance. That mm. that wouldn't really be possible. I mean, it, yeah. it is possible, but uh, then you lose some of that reactiveness, some of that mm. real-timeness that is very important for social media. But you could map the big things. Like we've seen customers that map relevant events for their industry, you know, like Paris Fashion Week or the Oscars or that type of stuff. So they map it out and they know that, you know, and February, we need to talk about that thing. So they, they map out kind of like a calendar of events and they know that they need to, you know, to prepare at least three months in advance for Black Friday and what's going to happen in November. Uh, so it really helps out. So it's more high level across the year, then that helps them to go a bit more granularly into the content planning. And I wanted to close out today's episode talking more about Social Teams 100 that you referenced uh, yeah. a few times throughout this episode. So for our listeners, can you maybe describe what Social Teams 100 is, why you created it, and then maybe some of the insights that you found most interesting from this research and exercise? Yeah. So <laughs> the story behind Social Teams 100 is that a- across the year, we've obviously had a very intimate insight of what happens mm-hmm. with social media teams and social media organizations just by seeing, you know, what teams have grown, the teams that needed bigger plans on Planable, that needed more users on Planable. But at the same time, we've seen, obviously, customers that had to cancel their subscription with Planable because they either didn't have, um, you know, sadly didn't have any clients uh, or they, they, you know, a, a lot of layoffs happened in the in the company. So we were, we started asking ourselves, you know, what's the difference? Like what happens? You know, there seems like there's this, the contrast is quite big. You know, there's this teams that are really, really succeeding and growing quite a lot across the year, across 2020. And then there's just teams that aren't, you know, really making it. Is it as obvious as just the industry that they're in, like travel and, you know, the industries that have been hit the most, or is there something else behind this? So we set up to do a bit of research uh, and we made uh, a top of 100 teams, 100 companies that have grown their social media team, that have invested and uh, increased their social media headcount in 2020. And we thought that those teams have to be celebrated. They must be (laughs) celebrated uh, because of how hard 2020 was. And because if you hired in 2020 on any position, but especially if you hired in 2020 on social media positions, I think that is a signal that your company is, you know, is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we made this this top, this entire list. We published the list together with a bunch of, you know, uh, information regarding, you know, those companies. Uh, but we also took a look at some other stats, some other collateral stats that came out of this entire list such as top industries that have hired the most social media professionals in 2020. And not surprising at all, the biggest industry was the you know internet industry, and then afterwards, uh, computer software, and then uh, 
which was really nice, the marketing and advertising industry. That means, you know, the agencies. So that was very interesting to see, but it, it kind of made a lot of sense. Uh, it was an assumption that we had and it was really validated. An industry that popped up that we didn't expect was the higher ed industry. But then, you know, if you think about it, kind of made sense considering that, you know, universities had to go fully digital in a matter of seconds. Um, And they, you know, most of them probably weren't that prepared for, you know, becoming fully digital. So they they needed to kind of keep in touch with their students, have some way of engaging them, communities, all of that. So it made a lot of sense that they started, you know, hiring more for digital roles and and social media roles. And then we looked at other things like departments, uh, you know, uh, years of uh, seniority, you know, how experienced were the people finding a new social media role in 2020. And we've seen that it's an average of six years. So that was mm. uh, an interesting fact. And then we looked at titles and the best month <laughs> when people started a new social media job in 2020. And that was actually September. Again, you know, if you think about it, it, it really makes sense because probably no one hired in March or April or, you know, June and, and the spring at the beginning of the pandemic. Old recruitment processes were probably put on stop. Even those companies that were you know, successful, there was a level of, you know, a level of kind of, I wouldn't say panic, but a lot of companies were uh, very cautious uh, investing in anything, really. So probably our recruitment processes stopped. And in September, the companies that, uh, you know, were in um, July, uh, August, all the companies that were doing well and needed more social media professionals in their teams have started hiring, hence September uh, was the month uh, that, you know, a lot of people started new jobs in the social media space. Uh, and then, yeah, we lo- looked at uh, top cities in the U.S. Uh, specifically where most people got a new social media professional uh, job. And it was New York, uh, L.A. and Chicago. <laughs> so interesting <laughs> facts like that, uh, that that we wanted to shine a bit of light on. And is that something you're planning to do again in 2021 and then compare the results? So a lot of people are actually asking us if we're going to do this. And in the beginning, we, we thought this is going to be just a you know one-time thing that we're going to do for 2020. But now uh, we're uh, reconsidering, especially in the light of this thing going a little bit viral. And, you know, people, um, uh, some other people asked us this again. So we're considering of doing this, you know, especially for the, for the reason that you mentioned, being able to compare them across years. I think that's going to be interesting. So we're considering it. Mm. Uh, and one thing, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this from your research or just from your observations, but mm-hmm. I'm curious to know whether niche social media roles are on the rise. And what I mean by that, I remember seeing somewhere that the title of manager was the most hired role, but I'm interested to know whether platform specific roles are on the rise. So whether Ooh. people are looking for Instagram specialists or Twitter specialists or Clubhouse or whatever it is. Oh, that's um, interesting. Do you happen that's to have a- it? Yeah, yeah, that's an like interesting that. question. We didn't look at it, but uh, that's a very interesting question for next year. I'm not sure. Uh, most of our research was based on on LinkedIn data, so I'm not sure if people like put that, you know, put it oh, as yeah. TikTok specialist in their title, or do they rather just say it's you know just social media specialist? Uh, so mm-hmm. that that's something to look. But I, I would love to have the answer to this question as well. Maybe we can find a way for next year to uncover this. 
that'd be very interesting it leads me nicely actually into my final question for you today and i couldn't you know someone that's in the social media space i couldn't let you go without asking about things that you're excited about in social media so whether that's new platforms that are emerging Mm. apps that are emerging or perhaps features within existing platforms what's exciting you and what do you think is going to be big for the year ahead i am (laughs) i am excited about clubhouse to be honest mm-hmm. we haven't really done anything on clubhouse uh i i haven't done anything i have engaged you know personally with clubhouse but we're gonna do an experiment with clubhouse uh, in uh, the this month we're gonna do a group uh, on um, you know being march women's international month we're gonna do a panel mm-hmm. with female leaders and uh, social media marketing and i'm very excited to see how this is going to... I've heard so much about Clubhouse, its virality effect, the networking potential, mm. all of that, but we haven't really done anything. So I'm really, really curious to see how this is going to go. Uh, I think, and generally, you know, looking at social media and what's happening in this particular time, there's so many niche social media apps that are popping up. You know, TikTok is an older one, but still it's, you know, quite a niche one. Clubhouse, Dispo, there's so many out there. And I think it's an exciting time because, you know, for for a very long time, there was just, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or all of those mm. guys that have been for, you know, a while and we weren't really seeing anything new. And I think, yeah, I, I think it's it's very interesting that we have so many new, fresh and vibrant platforms out there. No, that's something I'd agree with. It feels like we're either on the cusp or have just entered this kind of new era of social media marketing. And yeah. you've just you've just named a few platforms there as you were talking that have really risen in popularity over this last year to two years. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. And best of luck with any experimentation on Clubhouse as well. <laughs> Thank you. Before I let you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and Planable? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so if they want to learn more about Planable, they can just check out our website, planable.io. That's P-L-A-N-A-B-L-E.io. And then if they want to connect with me, I hang out on LinkedIn the most. So you can send me a connection request. Let me know that you heard me on this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'd love to chat with you. Thanks so much for your time today and all of your insight. And best of luck for everything that you do. And I look forward to hopefully seeing this Social uh, Teams 100 in 2021, possibly as well. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Thanks been... a lot, Scott, for having me on the show. I, I, I really had, a, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 